Father God, thank you for the day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. Lord, it's uh, how we are saved. It's how you, how you use your word to save people, Lord, through the, the spreading of the gospel. Uh, we just uh, pray you'd help us understand today um, how it is that you dispense the gifts to individuals within the church for the edification of others and for the growth of the church. And uh, we pray for that here, that our church would continue to grow as you bring believers uh, here, Lord, to hear the word. Your word is preached faithfully here, and we're so thankful. So bless our time, and that we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Why are we here? Mike? Uh, to know God more deeply, to have assurance of eternal life, and to become equipped for ministry. Here it is. Ministry, ministry, ministry. That's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are all about, right? Use them in ministry. So, uh, let me get some glasses here, just so I can see better. Oh, quiz, 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 quiz. Okay, y'all did good. Real good. Really? Sheila, number one. I'm scared to ask. <laughs> Every Christian has spiritual gifts and truth. Notice that word giftedness. Giftedness, okay? We wanna we're gonna expand on that a little bit, but giftedness, okay. Uh, Michael. The believer receives his spiritual gift only by vengeful second effort. False. Yeah, that's false, right? You don't we don't look for it. You don't receive it by looking for it, right? You can discover it. Because it's already been given to you. Yeah, but you don't know what it is. You might not know what it is until you... Yeah, very good. Very, very good. All righty. Carol. Kathy. Is this a hard one or something? It's a hard one. I know, right? The main purpose of spiritual gifts is to allow the Christian to a deep relationship with God. See, that message, what they're doing it too. Okay, the main purpose of spiritual gift. No, it, well, that's kind of a trick question because it's, the, the gifts are to grow the church, then find the body. So, but that would be growing too with the Lord. I don't know how to answer that one, Mike. Well, is it, what is the purpose of the gift? Think of it. What is the purpose? Because that's a, what to, is, to this is a, the, the main purpose. To work in the body. Work in the body. Yeah. yeah. But that would be growing in your relationship with God as well. Wouldn't yeah. it? The, the, second, the second word. The main. The main purpose. Okay. So, the, okay. Awesome. Yeah. We want and to keep you. the main thing the main thing. We have, we have Sheila, number four. The gift of prophecy always prefers to foretell the future. False. That's false, right? There's two. Okay. So, the word prophecy can be translated into foretell, which is to foretell, what is the future, or to tell forth, which is to proclaim, right? So um, that, that's why it doesn't always refer to foretell. All right, Mike. Yeah, if a person does not speak in tongues, it is a sign that he or she is not a mature believer. Are you sure about that? Sabahata. Barhanda, Sherbata Toyota. Right, yeah, that's true. So, that all depends on what religion you This word, though, is that it should be translated language. Language. Okay, this tongue thing and people rattling off nonsense is just gibberish. Nonsense. Gibberish, yeah. All right, false. Okay, number six, Kathy. There were some gifts that were prevalent in the early church, but do not exist today. True. True. What are those, by the way? 
healing, miracles, and tongues, languages. Yeah, and interpretation, right? Interpretation. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then um, there's a couple others that we'll talk about, but um, they have different different uh, applications today than then than in the past. Um, uh, what about uh, the charismatic churches? What do they believe, though? They believe you got to speak in tongues to right. show proof that you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, they do, right? So there's a, there's a group of folks called cessationists, and then there's the non-cessationists. Have so. you seen that movie yet? Which one? The Cult and Faith that just came out. Yeah. Have y'all seen it? Not yet. I haven't either. It's, oh, one, it's put out by... Um, Pennington's in it. Uh huh. Tom Pennington. Uh huh. What's it about? It's about sensationalism. It's about yeah. the spirits and uh-huh. charismatic movement. <clears throat> okay. Wow. All right. So, where did I leave off? Sheila. Me. Yeah. <laughs> the mark of a true gift is that we will, it will always be used to serve others. True. Right. Yeah. That's scriptural. Michael. As a Christian matures in the Lord, he or she may receive further gifts. Awesome. True. Ooh, we have a battle. <laughs> that means you mature in the Lord. God sometimes changes. Okay, let's think about life. this. Okay, when, when does a believer receive their gifts? Oh, when you believe. At the time of salvation, yeah. right? So then. So you're right and I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean. Do you refer, Do you get more gifts as time goes on? I think they're more revealed to you as you mature in the Word. Um, true, but that's not what that's saying. Receive further gifts. Do you receive further gifts? No, you receive all of them. You receive them all the time of He salvation. was right. Does he mean he was wrong on that? Yeah. He just answers questions. <laughs> like I said before, answer whatever comes See, first. Yes. Come word too. Come right smart. to you. All right, where are we at? Kathy. A ministry, a ministry of the Holy Spirit is to distribute to each Christian their giftedness. A ministry of the Holy Spirit. One. Yes, true. Yeah, one of. All right, last one, Sheila. Only a few Christians possess the gift of healing today. Few Christians. False. Nobody. Gets it. Nobody. That get grab a. a, a oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. No, nobody get has the gift of healing today. <laughs> What? Wait. Only a few Christians possess the gift of healing today. Right. I don't think anybody does, right? If that was something back in the day. Right? Yeah. So if somebody had the gift of healing today, where would they be? Where in would the you find them? In the hospitals. You'd find them in the hospitals. In a tent. Yeah, right? In a tent or something. <laughs> in a big, huge, white tent out in the middle of nowhere with lines of people all over. Yeah. In wheelchairs and beds and it, right? So, all right. So, yeah, that is, um, that's false. No one has. That's one of the cessationists. One of the cessation gifts, right? Healings. No more healings. At least not in that sense. All right. So, anybody memorize the verse? Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead, Sheila. You started. I'm going to read it. I know it, but I can't get in front of people. So. Right. How about if you just read what's here? 1 Corinthians 27. <laughs> But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Common good. All right. So um, let's see what John, what the book says about this. Okay. God gives spiritual gifts to believers for the purpose of ministry within the church. (coughs) 
You hear that? Ministry within the church. Uh, the English term comes from two Greek words, uh, charismata and pneumatica. The root word of charismata is charis, which means grace, uh, and speaks of something undeserved or unearned. The second word, pneumatica, means spirituals or things given by the Spirit of God. In the lesson, we'll look at the various spiritual gifts and how they should be used in the body of Christ. So, uh, so what they're describing here, not, which is not in this particular verse, though, is spiritual gifts. That's what it's called, spiritual gifts, which is where you get is from pneumatica and, and charismatic. Where the charismatics get it. Yeah, same thing. Charismatics, yeah. Good. All right, common questions we have. How are spiritual gifts different than natural abilities or talents? Hmm? How are those different? Natural gifts. The Holy Spirit. <clears throat> yeah. The spiritual gifts are, yeah. yeah. Uh, are gifts of healing in tongues active today? No, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. How do I know my spiritual gift? We have to go to one of those churches where they give you a form to fill out. Right? And it's a survey. It's your spiritual giftedness survey, right? Yeah. That's how you find out. What kind of traits that you have already? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is a person given just one gift? No. <coughs> sometimes, yes. Yeah, it's one gift, but we sometimes, it can be a package called giftedness, right? So, But it is a one-time gift, right? Well, I don't know. Kind of the fruits of the spirits are a pretty big gift package. Yeah. Right. True that. <laughs> All right. So, lesson outline. Well, nature... We'll cover the nature of spiritual gifts, the provision of spiritual gifts, the exercise of spiritual gifts, and application. What is the source of spiritual giftedness? Well, there's two sources, right? Let's, let's just pull up this. One is the Holy Spirit, and one is God, right? So let's look at this one. Uh, okay, Tracy, can you read that one, with or without glasses? Oh, good, because I was like, I can't see in my Bible. Um, but one and the same Spirit works all of, the, all of these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Okay, so first one is the Spirit here, right? So the Spirit, and then also in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Michael, can you read that one? And God has employed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, priorities of tongues. All right, so the last verse says, and the Spirit does, and here it says, and God has appointed, and he talks about these positions, those are appointed positions, and then variety of, uh, then gifts of the, gifts of healing, helps, administration, tongues, etc., right? So, Holy Spirit and God, both give gifts, right? Okay, and then who possesses giftedness? First Peter 4.10 says, as each one has received a gift, as each one, everyone, as each person has received a gift. And then what's the command? Minister it to one another. And how? As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Right? So each person has a gift, and the command is to minister it to one another. And the term here, gift, would also refer to giftedness. So, for instance, you could have a person who has a, 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 a giftedness of helps, of administration, of faith, and prayer, right? 
you could have all of these at one time. And obviously, think about this for a minute. Did the person possess those before they're saved? No. You don't have faith before you're saved, right? So, but there's a, and there's a difference between faith and the giftedness of faith. Everybody is, that's a believer has faith, right? Because that's, that's um, uh, what is that? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, right? Grace is, I mean, faith is a gift from God. But there's people who have a higher amount of faith, if you will. That's, a, that's the gift. We all have some measure of faith. They have a greater measure of faith. Okay. So then, uh, what is the purpose of the spiritual gifts, Tracy? There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay, here it is. What is it for then? It is for the profit of all. Right? There's a, we're going to come to another another verse. There's another another specific purpose for gifts. But number one, there's a profit of all, meaning what? Profit. In the name of claimant church, that would be for probably like, you know, material wealth. They would call it you know, profit, as in make money. But that's that's really not the application here. So. Okay. And then also it's here it is. Michael, read that one. First Corinthians fourteen twelve. Even so, since you are zealous for your spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Okay, so one it was for the the, the profit of all, and here is the edification. What does edification mean? What does that mean? Edification. Building up. The building up. So building up. And so when we talk about building up a believers, how do we do that? What does that mean to build up the believers? In what way? You teach them. You get them educated. Teaching. You uh -huh. encourage them. Encouragement. You support them. You supporting. Uh, uh, and what does teaching do? Faith comes by hearing. hearing and hearing by the word. So you build people up by teaching. Gives them a higher uh, understanding of scripture and therefore a greater believability and a stronger faith. And when you teach, you grow yourself. Teachers grow more. I believe me that. Yeah, right? Okay, this is a long one. So, 1 Peter 4.10, which we read the first, we've, we read 10, but so 11 is then, if anyone speaks, let, well, I was starting to begin then. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory and the dominion forever and ever. So, here's the third point. Ooh, let me see if here it's easier. The third point is, is that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Right? So, one is the, uh, what was the first reason? To profit all men. Prophet, everyone. The second one, edification, edification of the believers. The and the third one, because it brings glory to God. All right. Oh, I love it. We're learning. Okay, so uh, let's look at the verses. Um, and you'll notice I printed those out and made them bigger. So Because all these little things are going to be hard to read on your papers, Thank right? You. Yeah. No, nope, they still are. Hold on a second. <laughs> well, it's a little easier anyway. Okay, so we'll just look at Romans here. 
Romans 12, 6 through 8 has a listing of some of the verses then, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, uh, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in, exor- in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Okay, so we'll look at that list. It's uh, <coughs> mm-hmm. back there. So that's the first list. So we'll combine all these lists in a minute. But you have prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhorting or exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. Okay, then. And then we'll go into 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. 4 to 1 is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Oh, by the way, this is one we also didn't uh, mention, the cessation is the working of miracles. So that one is no longer evident today, right? So then, uh, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, speaking, no, discerning uh, of spirit, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues. Okay, so just a quick question. Um, This one, word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. There's two applications, right? Now remember when Peter was in, in the book of Acts, Chapter uh, five, chapter five, or is it chapter three, verse five? Anyway, so it's when Ananias and Sapphira, right? They sell the property and they give the money, but they held back a portion. And what did Peter say to them? You know, why has Satan caused you to lie? And and he accuses them of lying and not giving all the money. How did he know that? Right here. You got a word of knowledge. That's, a, that's, that's what that is, a word of knowledge, is that he was informed about that. So you will see on certain TV stations where people will get together and start praying and say, the Lord is telling me about someone right now who has got a bad knee problem, and he's healing you of that right now. Yeah. That's not the application of word of knowledge anymore. Okay. Peter had it back then. Now we say a word of knowledge is understanding scripture, given the ability to understand the scriptures. But so we can have it in that perspective. <clears throat> in that perspective, yes, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's wisdom as well. Yeah. We give wisdom, a word of knowledge. True but spirit. not word of knowledge as in the Lord has given me a special revelation, right? That doesn't exist anymore. Just a clarification on that, because if you ever go on, and I won't name the name of TBN, but... Um, <laughs> Sometimes oh, in, in TV time, yeah, and that guy. Uh, so you know, they would sit around and they would sit around and pray like that, you know. And then, and then someone would say, "If you're and if you're healed, let us know." Well, if you got a million people watching, maybe a million people, one person's gonna, "My knee is healed." Yeah. Right. So anyway, all right. I'm sorry, this may be way off, but. That reminds me of uh, Ron Watt when he was talking about the faith healers and stuff on TV. And they said, yeah, I've been uh, this long time ago. I know who Ron Watt is. Yeah. He's a comedian, no? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's yeah. a median, and uh, he was talking about that. And he goes, yeah. Gets down to the last part of it and says, yeah, and you're wanting to send me $1,000. He goes, whew, thank goodness. That wasn't talked to me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. True. No, uh, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a comedian that we don't watch no more. So, first, first Corinthians 12, 28, God has appointed these, all right, we read this already, right? Miracles, gifts of healings, helps administration, variety of tongues. So, we'll add all these up, and the list is large, right? So, here's the complete list. So, prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, discerning of spirits. Speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, helps, and administration. What about, what is this? How about discerning of spirits? What is that? You need to be discerning with everything that is around you. Mm -hmm. Ergo, the healing. Right. And all, you know, I mean, we are not, God has, has protected us, and we are not to see what is actually around us, and he protects us from that. Um, and, but, but as far as all the saints and all these spirits that are mm, going to help mm, you, mm, the God mm. of sun, the God of 50% off sale, or the God of lower gas price, mm. you know, um, yeah, I'm using that loosely. Yes. I've never heard that before. But, yeah, but, I mean, I'm using really yeah. ridiculous, but you have to be discerning, and, and there is only one God, and there aren't all these right. other little... So as a believer, you know, and so think about this, you know, at early, uh, say, let's say uh, as in an unbeliever state, you could go into a church and you don't know head from tails in there. They're saying something and you're like, okay. But later, as a believer, you go back to that same church and you say, okay, these people are not speaking true doctrine here. They're making it up as they go along. This is a discerning spirit. So, you leave. And this is what happens when people get saved in those churches. They leave. Hmm? Okay, I didn't take that as in my discerning spirit. I took that as in discerning those kooks around. Oh, both. Both. I mean, but you have it. You are given that ability. And that comes from also wisdom. You have wisdom... There it is down there. Word of wisdom. But it's also, that leads into discernment. Yeah. Okay, that's right. So, yeah. Whereas in, before salvation, you would go into a church and, what would you say? These are nice people. Nice folks, aren't they nice? Everything's nice. You'd go in there now and you say, oh, they're nice people, but they got bad theology. (laughs) So I'm out of here. So, yeah. All right. Good. Good, good, good. Okay. Understanding the gifts. So. For a better understanding of spiritual gifts and how they function, we've classified them into two categories. Temporary, meaning special, and permanent, right? So the Holy Spirit gave temporary gifts to confirm the testimony of the apostles and the prophets. These gifts were prevalent in the early church, but ceased to be evident as the church became embellished. Okay, so here's one. Does anybody create miracles today? No. Does anybody lay on hands no. and healing? Does anyone speak in a language they never used and didn't know before? Well, if you go for Babel online, but no. <laughs> Does anyone translate a language that they have never known before? No, right? Those are, and what was the purpose of those? It's like this. Suppose you have two people standing side by side, and one guy says, I'm from God. 
And the other one says, I'm from God. And then this one over here gives you some kind of, you know, statement. And this one over here gives you a statement and says, oh, and by the way, watch this. I'm going to raise that guy from the dead. Now, who are you tending to believe? The guy who did the miracle or the guy who couldn't do a miracle? The guy who did the miracle, right? And so that's why it says that the apostles were given the ability to do signs and wonders. Why? Because it authenticated that they were from God. And so, since the apostles are gone, what's the what would be the purpose of, of the miracles today? Greed. No, greed, right? Yeah, exactly. On TV. They have t TV miracles to, to drum up business and money. And they call apostles, too, also, don't they? The modern day... Right? Oh yeah, the new prophet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here it says the gift. The gift is the ability to do wonders and signs. Christ performed many miracles as recorded in Scripture. Paul used the gifts to affirm his apostleship as described in 2 Corinthians 12, 2. It says there, truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So that's how you Proved the apostleship, right? Because they did signs and wonders and mighty deeds. And so evidence of that, um, note the gifts that P Peter healed the uh, uh, healed the lame man, right? This is the good Awana verse, right? And he went leaping and praising God. Leaping and praising God, right? So yeah, there was a great, great Awana song with that. So And then Acts... Uh, 5, 15 through 16, so they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem being sick, people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and here it is, and they were all healed. All. All. All, all the people that they brought to Peter were healed. That's quite the signs. Okay. And then tongues, we talked about that, right? This is, um, you know, this one was uh, at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came on the believers and then they started speaking in different languages. And people, people who were there in Jerusalem for the feast, they heard the gospel in their own native tongue. So let's just say, my native tongue is Polish. My second tongue is English. And so if I was there, I would hear the gospel in my native tongue perfectly. As if somebody who was a native Polish person speaking it to me. And then there would be somebody else who would listen to what he said and interpret it for those folks around who didn't speak Polish. So that was the gift of tongues and the gift of or I want to call it languages, and the gift of interpretation. Or, the ultimate shepherd's conference. Yes. Because everybody's their ears on them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it had to, obviously had to be a, a, somebody there to interpret, which is what Paul also says in the Corinthian church, right? Uh, when he tells them, you know, it's great to have these, but if there's no one to interpret, then don't speak in a different language. The whole point is, how are you edifying people? if there's no one there to interpret. Yeah. Which is what they do on the prosperity gospel channels, right? They just babble on, right? So, and nobody's there to 
to actually interpret what they're saying. Because how can you? Really, how to budget how not it, right? yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> Can't really interpret stupid. No. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then, the Holy Spirit uh, gave gifts for the building up of the church. These were prevalent in the early church and are still in the church today. Prophecy, teaching, faith, wisdom, knowledge, discernment, mercy, exhortation, giving, and administration slash leadership, helps, service, right? And then state the principles then in Romans that we use our gifts for what purpose? Let us, if you have a gift, what is the purpose? You use them. Let us use them. So what happens if a person has their spiritual giftedness and they're not using it in the church? They're not being obedient to God. Well, that's right. Let us use them. We're not, we're, and, and we're kind of like robbing the church members because it says is every person is given a specific function for the building up of the church. So let's find out what it is and then use it. So, uh, what are we supposed to do with them? Exercise them. Use them in proportion to the ability that God has given us. And then let's answer the following questions here. This is Paul going through this long list. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Long, uh, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So then the point is here is that if you're not using it in love, then it's not for the edification of others. You're not benefiting. Right? So here it is. How can we then Abuse our giftedness then by not showing love. Where's the last one? I guess let me let me go back to that one more thing. Yeah. So how can I abuse my giftedness and make it without benefit? Just by not showing love. I mean, it's like, have you ever seen somebody with a real sour face trying to serve people? You know, it just doesn't it just doesn't add up, right? No, it no it's like he's doing it. Somebody would have, they're doing it, but it isn't, doesn't seem to be they're doing it out of love. It's doing it out of a, an obedient animatronic. Yeah, I like that. They're just like, oh, I have to do this, so I'm doing it. Where's the love? It should be a, should be a desire to do it. Mm-hmm. Not a chore. Not a chore, right? Yeah. So, since your spiritual giftedness to be exercised in love, what are some guidelines that will ensure the profitability of your gifts, right? And again, that's 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 7. So then, be long-suffering, be kind, don't be envious, don't show off, don't brag, don't be rude, don't be selfish, don't be provoked, 
Don't think evil. Don't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. And bear all things. Believe all things. Be hopeful. And endure all things. That's the benefit. So, remember in Scripture there is one guy who saw... Let me think, who was this? Mm, just coming to my mind right now. He saw healing being done by... Mm, was it Peter? I think it's Peter. And he wanted to buy the gift of healing, right? Right. So he clearly wanted to use it for the wrong purposes. He was told to repent. All right, so then. 1 Corinthians 12 reveals the importance of each spiritual gift within the body of Christ and what should your attitude be in using of your gift. That there should be no skip first Corinthians twelve twenty five that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Okay, we talked about that before. What is a schism? Division. The division, right? So wow, if you have a division in the church, and now, well, I'm not going to use my gift to serve them because they are on the other side of the schism. Right? That's what it's saying is you shouldn't. There should be no schism, and you should have the same care for any everyone in the church. All right then. Let's see. We're having a good time, I think, right? Yeah, we're still yes. still still on time to get out at nine. Go across the street. Okay. That's the goal. Okay, here it is. Ooh, this is a long one. Who can read that? Can you read that from where you're at? I can. Okay, read that please. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But, speaking the truth of love, may we grow up in all things into God, who is the head of Christ, for whom the whole body, joined and knitted together, by what, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part that is share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Wow. So this is a comprehensive statement on gifts, right? And the purposes there, right? So it's up here. For the edifying of the body, um, and then below that, till we all come to the unity of faith. Below that, then that we're not children tossed to and fro, um, that you grow up in love, in Christ, and then here at the bottom, notice that, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body. You want to see a church that's dying? It's because they are not utilizing the spiritual gifts. Because if they were using the spiritual gifts within the church, what would happen? There would be a growth of the body. Mm. So is that like the purpose of the, the statement above that? Yes. So for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, 
for the edifying of the body till we all come to the unity of faith, right? So that's the purpose that's, yeah. Yeah, right? <clears throat> he breaks it down, that, yeah, that yeah. statement, you know, it makes a statement, then it gives you the proof. Statement, proof, all the way through here, right? Okay, yeah. And so, yeah, so, and, and what happens? So if people who are not, say they're, they just got saved and they come into the church, what do they know? What's in their mind, right? Do they know, like, all doctrine? No. So you could have, like, differing understandings because they haven't been taught yet. So they have an idea of what this means and somebody over here have a different idea. Well, that's not the unity of the body, right? I mean, I know when I got saved, you know, 30, what, 32 years of, you know, secular education and then coming into the church and creation. There's, oh, six-day creation. I think, I'm thinking, oh, well, that's just their opinion, right? Yeah. It wasn't until later understands it. No, no. Six days is six days. The earth is, what, 8,000 years old. It's not billions and millions and whatever some knucklehead wants to try and throw out there just to try and demonstrate, oh, it takes billions upon billions of years for all these life processes to take place. You know, the earth gets older and older because of this, the uh, complexity of life that biologists find. Say, oh, well, it's so complex. How do it take it? More time now. More time. I just keep, keep on going. So, in the beginning, somebody comes and they don't understand everything about scripture. So you have people with different opinions. Well, that's why you're given the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors for the equipping of the saints so that we all come to the unity of the faith. We all understand the same things. That's in which a lot of churches fail if they don't disciple the baby Christians. Exactly. Like the to and fro because nobody's really... Because they might, they might come with a different interpretation because of what they've always right. heard. But if you're not going to decide them and say, no, this is what Scripture said, then you're going to have that to, that back and forth. Yeah. Because they're going to be so confused. It takes time. It takes right? time. It takes time. And, that, and you're true, it's so true. Is it um, discipling a new believers is very key in, in building up the body. Interested in getting somebody in the pew and just say that prayer right. that there is no discipleship. None, right? They're just, yeah. You know, when Jesus said, Go make disciples, not church pew sitters. Sitters. <laughs> not just money in the offering. Money. And there you go. Yeah. yeah, so that's, it's so important for that. So, okay. Application. Ooh, we are getting out on time. So, discovery of your giftedness. Now, each member of the body is commanded to minister in many of the gifted areas, whether he or she possesses a particular gift or not. Right? So then, um, let's see, what is the difference? Let me ask this question here. So, what's the difference between the areas listed that everyone already uh, is already commanded versus those who have these particular giftedness, right? And so the question, here we go. Let's look at this. Do we all have faith? Yes. Do we all have wisdom? Yes. Do we all have knowledge? No. Yes. We have exhortation. We are all commanded to exhort and to give and to care for one another. So this is just, these are just general statements. Every, every believer has this, right? We're all, we're all exhorted to, um, to exhort, all exhorted to exhort. Yeah, Bible, the Bible well, tells us, really breaking it down for you there, huh? Yeah. 
Uh, it's like giving you a definition by using the word in the definition, right? So we are, in, in Scripture, commanded to exhort one another. Um, but what is the difference then, well, between, between somebody who has the gift of exhortation or who has the gift of faith and wisdom or giving or care for one another? What's the difference? It's that those who have the giftness in the air have a greater ability. They've been given that greater ability. Not just, not just like every believer has faith, right? But it's a stronger faith. It's like, you know, in a calamity, that person will stand up and say, hey, fear not. God is sovereign. God is in control. God will use this for our good. And everybody else shakes and goes, yeah, okay, oh, man, glad he was here because I was, I was all over the place. That's the difference between just a person with your faith unto belief versus a person that has this greater amount of faith. Is that they exercise that and it's for the benefit of others. It brings other people up to that level of faith. Yes, but it's not necessarily that they have a greater faith. They could be stronger in their faith and whatnot to have a greater faith. But it's also... People who, um, John Eichmeier, mm -hmm. choir, mm -hmm. he is gifted in teaching at the Master Seminary in a way to reach those students that somebody else, yes. you know, and, and to bring faith into, you know, being a professor. And he, he just knows how that, I mean, I look at giftedness as in that. Yes. You know, also that yeah. that he can hold God at the center and tackle all these secular issues and and in his classes and everything, you know, it's something like that, you know, professors, nurses. I mean, we love each other, we care for each other, but you do not want me poking you with a needle. You know, because they are just gifted in that mindset. You know, you know, I'll poke you. I don't know if you'll survive. But, you know, so, like, God has gifted you with that type of you yes. and your freakish brain, the way it works, you know, <laughs> you, no, he really does have a freakish brain, yeah. but it's like, but you personally yeah. have been gifted with, you know how to explain things without dumbing it down, you right. know, telling God's word the way it is, yeah. but explaining it to people who are like, huh? Mm. You know, so you you can see yes. both sides. You see things. So that that that's more of you know like the modern day. Yes. You know. Being but then this is we're just looking at in everybody has these. Okay. Right. Yes. And yes. so some yes. people have a higher level. How does that? Why? How? Where is that from? Well, that's it's because that's their gift. Yes. That's their gift, right? Or giftedness. They could have several. Right? So. Okay. So, well, let's look at a couple. Wisdom, no, Timothy, knowledge, okay. Be diligent to present yourself, approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so that's a command for everybody to have knowledge, knowledge of scripture, right? But a person who has a gift of knowledge in scripture is gonna be maybe someone like Chris or John MacArthur or other people who can just, John MacArthur is amazing, you know, listen to his sermons and, he just brings out something that would never, I would never even consider. And Chris does that too. Just they bring something out of scripture that I would never even think about that's in there. And so 
I might be thinking it the wrong way, but in all these two, I think, talking about the baby Christian, we could all we could all grow in those, right? We went on, I might not be as good as you ever, but I can grow in wisdom and I can grow in knowledge and I can grow in exhortation yes. as I grow in the word. Is that That's true. That's true. That's true. Right? There are some people that just because of the gifts of the Holy Spirit excel me because God gave them that gift. Yeah. That so that is a great uh, uh, differentiation between them. Because these are commands. Some of these are commands, right? Exactly. And some of them, yeah, you have faith. But you can grow in knowledge. You can yeah. grow in wisdom. You can grow in these other things. Where the difference is, is that a person who has been given the gift of faith above and beyond what everyone else has, then that's, that's that supernatural. Where you're going to grow. And you can grow in faith. How do you grow in faith? What does it say? Faith comes by hearing. hearing, and hearing by the word of God, right? So your faith will increase the more you, you know, but it's like their faith, people who have been given the gift of faith are yeah. already at the super high level, and they go on from there as well. And so, But yeah, you can grow in these as well, because some of them are actually, were commanded to, yeah. commanded to know. Growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Very good. Okay, now. So, the Bible does not explicitly explain how to determine one's spiritual giftedness. However, you can begin to discover your giftedness by being obedient in the areas mentioned above. So, look for open doors, pray for opportunities to serve, seek the counsel of other believers because they may be more aware of your gifts than you are. Somebody may see you doing something and say, you know, you have a gift for that. I didn't know that. And then in order to discover your possible giftedness in the body and in submission to the elders of the church, what areas would you be willing to serve? There's <clears throat> outreach, there's prayer, there's encouragement. Each of us needs to exercise our giftedness in ministry for the common good of the church. So the idea is... Just look for the opportunities that we have and try them out. And if you find like, hey, this is, this is great. I do this. I enjoy this. It's clearly then I was, I was given that, uh, the gift for that. Um, and you don't know until you, until you get in there and do it. Sometimes why it's funny to give you that spiritual giftedness survey to fill out. It's like, I don't know. I remember as a new believer, I went to a church for like the first time I'd been, you know, after after being saved, and I'm going through this. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't. How would I know? You know. And they're looking at it from the standpoint of actual your natural abilities or talents, and trying to then parlay that into a spiritual giftedness. But that would not be the accurate interpretation of giftedness, because that's something you're given at the time of salvation and if you had a good ability before you're saved well you can't say oh that's my spiritual gift because it was before you were saved and spiritual gifts come at the time of salvation alright so then as each one has received a gift minister to, the, to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God so then, we've covered 
the nature of spiritual gifts, the provision of spiritual gifts, the exercise of spiritual gifts, and applications. Any questions? Okay, so what's your gift? They will, let's see, I think, yeah, the word is they will, um, uh, they, they will become more manifest to you as time goes on. But your giftedness is what you were given at the time of salvation. So, have you not discovered all your giftedness? That is truly possible, right? You have a giftedness that you are unaware of, you haven't actually utilized it yet. Doesn't mean you didn't have it, right? 